Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Well, good morning. Uh, it's really good to be with you to speak this morning and start this series on Isaiah. And we are looking at God as promise keeper, as promise keeper. So let's just pray uh, that God will speak to us this morning in a new way and then we'll unpack this passage together. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that all your promises are true and Lord, that you are our sovereign God and be with us now, I pray, in our homes, uh, wherever we are, uh, listening and watching to this this morning. God, be with us and speak to us in a new and fresh way this morning, I pray. Amen. So yeah, God has promised keeper. And I think we as a church feel this is a really significant uh, time to be looking at this book of the Bible, to be thinking about uh, what it is to stand on God's promises in our life in what is the most peculiar, difficult and challenging time I think many of us have faced in our lifetimes. I don't know about you, but it feels like we've got to this sort of six-month point of the pandemic, and it's got really hard. It's got really... I I have had it. I've had it with wearing face masks. I've had it with not being able to see uh, family and friends. I've had it with working from my bedroom. I've had it with so much of it. And I don't think I'm unusual in that. I was reading an article uh, recently uh, by a a woman who uh, works a lot in kind of disaster zones around the world. And she equated this pandemic to that exact same thing. And you may well have seen this. And she talked about this six-month wall. And she said, at first, in a real disaster situation, uh, such as we're in now, you're on a natural high. There's adrenaline going Everybody's up for exploring the change and what it looks like and the kind of new time that we're in. And then she says this, I always hit a wall at six months. There's a desire to escape or make it stop. It can be so intense. And she says, in her experience, by six months, my patience and good cheer have all but run out and I want to run away. My patience and good cheer have all but run out, and I want to run away. Like, yes, <laughs> I get that. That's, I'm there, and I know so many people who are. But I just want to really use this morning to encourage you in that place, to encourage you in the truth of who God is, and encourage you in your purpose and call as people of God in this time. You see, Isaiah, as we start with this, chapter 6 of Isaiah, has spent the last five chapters unpacking the terrible situation that the people of Israel find themselves in. It's been really hard. And so much of the stuff they stand for and believe in is struggling. Their king and you start this in the year that King Uzziah died. Their king has been disgraced. He's been found unclean. 
And now they've got to the point where this uh, king has died. And this is where Isaiah's ministry begins. In the king, the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. They were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah is seeing this amazing vision. I don't think it's like uh, accidental that this starts with the fact that the king Isaiah has died. And then, when they've had a failed sovereign, Isaiah sees this sovereign that will never fail. Isaiah sees the king above all kings. And the king seated on the throne. Now, this is really uh, interesting, I think. This is like the surprise bit of it. Because here you've got this God who is holy, holy, holy. And just like as a side note, if any of you know anything about the way that Hebrew language is written, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament, you will see time and time again that if they want to like emphasize something, they say it twice. So something like gold, and it's really the best, shiniest gold, they will say gold, gold, or the best, shiniest silver, they'll say silver, silver. That's their kind of superlative. That's how they say this is like better than all the rest. And then once, they use a word three times. Holy, holy, holy. Isaiah is seeing a glimpse, a side of this holy God who is seated on a throne. Now a throne is a place of judgment. The throne would be the place that the king passes down his judgment. And as Isaiah, as Isaiah sees this king sitting on this throne ready to pass judgment, this holy, holy, holy king, he says, woe to me, I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the king. And then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand. Now, in, 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 to us as people who kind of dwell in these New Testament times, fire is like a cleansing thing. But in the Old Testament, fire is another thing of judgment. So you've got this king sitting on a throne ready to pass judgment. You've got the seraphim coming with fire towards Isaiah. And get this. The surprise judgment of God is your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. That is the goodness of God, is that when we're confronted by the living God and we turn to him as Isaiah did, his judgment is goodness and his judgment is love. Because we hear this word judgment and we just feel like just so pushed down so often. But God has got encouragement for you as you partner 
with him. Because I think this is what this passage really speaks to us of this morning, is this idea of partnering with God. Because once they've gone through this and God has declared that the, as Isaiah's past is doesn't, it's gone, forget about it. Your guilt is gone, your sins are forgiven. This is good news for you, Isaiah. He heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Like, I don't know about you, but I just imagine Isaiah in this place. So he has gone, like, the whole world is falling apart. He's seen the vision of God, sovereign, ready to cast judgment. And God has gone, grace, love, and goodness for you, Isaiah. And then he's seen that God has got that for the whole world and he said who shall we send and Isaiah like if I'm like for me I'd be going yes like not oh here send me but like God send me it's like please can I you know like if you take some kids on a school trip and it's like who wants to get involved with this activity that looks great and every hand goes up It's that excitement. And you see, for us, for us, we have had that grace, that goodness, that love revealed to us on the cross, revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus, God came and he said, your sins are forgiven. Like you are free. You are completely free. And then he invited us into partnership. Like, get that. He said, look, I've got a plan for the world. And I want you to be, like, part of it. I want, I want you to be the people who do this plan. I'm not just going to wipe everything out. I'm actually going to make things good. I'm going to make things better. And, and you, like, I'd love you to help. Like, no pressure, but, like, I'd love you to help. Because it's an invite. It's an invite. Like to help us remember this, I've got this. This is, I'm going to come closer to the camera. This is chocolate. Look at that. That's some lovely chocolate, okay? So lovely that all the children at home have been saying to me this morning is, can I have some when you get back? Uh, so this is, this is their chocolate. Uh, but this is a gift, okay? It's a bit out of focus, but it's fine. It's a gift that is freely given, okay? So I'm not like equating Willy Wonka and Jesus in any way, but this is like a free gift. Here it is. This is, this is yours. You can have it. You can have it. You can open it, okay? You can enjoy it. You don't need to give me anything for it. There's nothing you need to do. There's nothing that you need to pay. It's all done. And as you open it, there's something inside. It is this. It is an invitation. It's an invitation. And that is what God is doing with us. He is saying, here's a free gift of goodness, of forgiveness, of grace. And look, he says, look at this. I've got loads more of them. 
I've got loads of them to give out to everybody. Like, loads of them. And each one of these, I want you to give away. Like, will you, like do you want to? Or I mean, I've, I can give them to some other people, but like, I'd love you to, to join in in sharing this goodness. Like, passing it on. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. God is calling us to go and share his goodness. And that promise, that invitation, that forgiveness, which is all found in Jesus, is our foundation. It's our foundation. And we have seen so much goodness. We have seen in Reading thousands of meals delivered. We have seen hundreds of phone calls made to people who would be lonely. We've seen food vans driven all around the town. We've seen shopping done for people who are isolating at home. We've seen so much goodness. And then we get to this bit where it gets much more difficult. But it's interesting, isn't it? How Isaiah is told by God that this is going to be the case. Because when Isaiah says, here I am, send me, God says to him, go and tell the people. So he's saying, go and share the good news with the people. He said, but this is, the, this is what he says, is that go and tell the people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. And in another translation that is footnoted in the NIV that we use here, the translation from the Greek version of the Old Testament, it says this, tell the people you will, never be, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. This people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. God is saying, go and share the goodness. But just to let you know, lots of people will not hear it. Lots of people will not receive it. Go into a world that may well continue to look worse than it did before. Go to a people who will struggle potentially more than they did before. Push on in a place where it is really difficult but the, the passage we've read today ends with this so the holy seed will be the stump in the land because there's a vision here a promise from God that if Isaiah responds to this call even if everything is wiped away even if everything goes to pot the goodness of God, the goodness of God, of his people will remain. His people will remain. And from that will flourish a great kingdom. So we're being invited into God's kingdom work this morning. 
It's interesting, early on in the pandemic, I remember reading uh, this from the Dean of St. Paul's Cathedral. He said, in a pandemic and a difficult disaster situation, first comes the heroic phase full of energy and self-sacrifice. This eventually burns itself out and is followed by a disillusionment phase, which may contain much mutual blame and suspicion. I don't know about you, but it feels like we might just be in that stage now. As city seems to turn against city in our country. In the United Kingdom, nation seems to turn against nation. Neighbours doing different things to other neighbours with the rules and regulations. People getting angry. I saw somebody in a supermarket only recently getting really angry with somebody else over a face mask. The disillusionment, the difficulty. But imagine what it would be like with an army of people who say, here I am, send me. Because I think our call is simple. God wants to share his goodness with people through goodness, through good actions, through that phone call to the person who might be lonely, through that delivery of a food parcel who to somebody who might be struggling. Through that kind word to the person in the supermarket who's just been shouted at. Through the helping hand on any of the organizations that might need it. Through a friendly conversation with somebody who looks sad at the school gate or uh, one of your neighbors. It's that simple goodness that we're called to. I was reminded as I read this of the passage in Galatians. It's Galatians 6, verse 9. Paul writes this to the church. Let us not become weary in doing good. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us not grow weary in doing good. For a proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. God is calling us to remember his sovereignty, to remember his goodness to each of us through Jesus Christ. And to say, here I am, send me. Because I think part of our response, part of the way for us to push on through this difficult six-month wall is to action. Because we can only show that we believe these promises. We can only show that we have faith when we step out in action. And God is inviting us. He's saying, here we are. Have one of these. Open it up get the invitation you're invited you are invited into the purposes of God who is making all things new who has only good things for this world and he wants you to be part of it Amen